Hello, hello, hello. Um, my name is Nicholas Clore, and uh, well, today is uh, three o'clock on Monday. It's February 20th. It's a nice uh, sunny-ish day here in Gambier, Ohio. You are listening to WKCO 91.9. And again, we're broadcasting live from Gambier. And I'm going to be real with you guys. I'm still plugging in my laptop. It's been a little bit busy. I kind of lost track of time for the last five minutes. So it's been a little running around. Um, and so I'm going to talk. And as I'm talking simultaneously, I'm going to be plugging in my little thing and getting my notes out. So once again, this is Jazz of the World. If you are new to the show, if you have not listened before, basically the goal of this program is to um, play jazz from places where you don't normally hear jazz. And um, for the last three weeks, we've explored jazz in um, Asia, we looked at jazz from Turkmenistan, from Kazakhstan, um, and Uzbekistan, um, which has been really fun. Um, and now we're going on to, um, jazz from Europe and, you know, European jazz is very different. Um, mostly because it's already, you know, Western already modernized the, the countries as a whole. Um, so sorry, it's hot in the studio. Um, and so... You know, it's very different. Um, but uh, I still feel like, you know, it's, it's good to address. It's good to do. Um, and so this week is, is German jazz. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have been watching uh, my Instagram stories. I, I always have a little bit fun with those. And so I'd like to thank, uh, you know, Lucas, Nora and Isaac. And uh, of course, Ella, although Ella does not speak German, um, for, for being on those. And tried to get more people on it today, but it was just so busy. Um, and so jazz, jazz in Germany is really interesting, mostly because there's kind of almost 20 years without jazz. Um, and, you know, obviously, not obviously, but th those 20 years, um, you know, line up with the, the, um, with, with Hitler's, um, the Third Reich and, um, a lot of the jazz artists in the interwar period were Jewish. Um, jazz was a sign of modernization, of, of democratization, um, you know, as we've seen in kind of these East, a East Asian countries, you know, talking about it now in, in my jazz class and on how jazz kind of represents this American democracy. Um, and um, that is not what was wanted uh, in, in World War II and leading up to it um, in Germany. So um, jazz was pretty much effectively banned. Um, for like 20 years. And, and we're going to talk a little bit once we get there about, you know, how it survives because uh, it's actually really fascinating. Um, there's these youth groups that kind of bring jazz into the camps. Um, but where jazz really flourishes in Germany is kind of in, in 1961 with the um, putting up of the Berlin Wall. Um, uh, there's kind of two camps of jazz that form that are very, very different. Um on the eastern side, you have, you know, the um, GDR, I believe. And that's, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they call the German Democratic. Yeah, East Germany, DDR, GDR, um, the German Democratic Republic. Um, and, and, and there you have like all of this like really interesting, you know, free jazz, uh, ex really weird experimental stuff. And although it's personally not my favorite, um, it gets really interesting. And then in the 19, um, and then on the Western side, you have, you know, much more access to American, uh, influences and, and, and very quickly does it not, does it go from being, you know, 
we talk about, uh, especially in our jazz age of Japan, on on imitation and jazz is an imitation and how it's like, you know, some people say that jazz artists are simply just uh, jazz artists that aren't American are just imitating American artists, um, but they really transform it. Um, and there's always like in all of the reading that I've been doing, there's this constant comparison to American artists. Um, but I, I, I like to disagree and say that it, it's much more important, much more, you know, I think they're just really special stuff. Um, so we're going to listen to some of that stuff. I think my favorite tunes are um, the ones from the, the Passport group. Um, that is by, well, we're going to listen to it soon, but that's by, um, oh man, what's his name? Oh, I'm looking at my notes right now. Klaus Doldinger. Klaus, Klaus Doldinger and his group Passport. Um, so I'm going to play one song. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. My apologies. I'm going to play one song for you guys now um, from uh, this uh, guy, um, Gus... Uh, Gus, ben, Gus Brendel um, this German Austrian saxophonist this song is called Sax on the Rocks it's from this um, I played when I was doing week one this like really interesting album that's like weird puppet jazz from Germany in the 60s and 70s uh, and I thought this was a really fun tune to get started out on and then we're going to go back uh, and since you know there's much more information I'm, I'm going to try and do almost this like by decades uh, and, and show the development of, of, of jazz in Germany so we're Here's the first tune. This is Gus Brendel's Sax on the Rocks. Here's the tune. Enjoy.
so there it is that song was uh came out on the um album 2005 it was the compilation by the um sonorama record label but um you know is you know actually played in the 60s and, and in the 70s and i you know i think you know it has that fun synth solo the the backgrounds behind the sax solo are really fun so i kind of wanted to to play that song to get us into it and and now we're going to go back a little bit in in time and this is what i've this is kind of going to be an experiment for me at least um this is more along the lines of the shows that i did last semester where i went kind of historically i talked a little bit about you know the history behind kind of each epoch of of, of jazz in the country and so um, we're going to try it out um, and we'll see where it goes. So, you know, Germany, this is post-World War II. Um, and Germany is starting to embrace this modernization, um, the democratization. Um, they're kind of embracing, you know, Western culture um, after their, you know, pretty bad defeat after World War II. Um, and a large part of this is... Um, kind of these big dances um and you know social dances are hugely influential hugely popular especially in the interwar period so you have the tango the foxtrot but you know you also have other dances like the two-step and, and the charleston especially in germany and in, in you know 1925 26 is so popular it's really um you know people are really getting into these dances um and you know, jazz is starting to get pretty big in Germany. Um, believe it or not, the first academic study of jazz takes place in 1920s Germany. Um, it was not in America. Uh, America did not actually start to have um, jazz in higher education in part, as a part of the curriculum up until the 1940s. Um, but uh, it was um, Bernard Selks who um, kind of initiated the first course in jazz studies in 1928 at the Hawk Conservatory in Frankfurt, um, which I, I thought was really interesting and, and kind of shows the kind of special niche interest that there there is in Germany in, at this time. Um, oh, thank you, Finn and Aiden. Um, oh, no, Aiden is not listening, but thank you, Finn, Alexander, for listening. Um, appreciate the D&D we've been playing recently. Um, and so I want to highlight, you know, one artist in the early 1920s who's really popular, Eric um, Borchard. Um, and he he is a clarinetist and a saxophonist. And, you know, he's kind of trying to replicate these like Dixieland, New Orleans style um, bands um, playing this like, you know, kind of, you know, pretty much New Orleans style jazz. And they've got a smaller combo group. Um, and, you know, I mean, their stuff is swinging. It's it's pretty much exactly what you you'd expect from 1920s Dixieland jazz in Germany. It's it's good. Um, they're talented musicians, and I, this is kind of like the base point. So I'm gonna play a little bit of, of their tune, "The Heaviest Kind of Blues" by Eric Burchard. This was released in 1925, and this this is the popular music at the time. Um, and I I just wanted to give a, a little picture of what that meant and what that shows. So here's Eric Burchard's "The Heaviest Kind of Blues."
So, yeah, I mean, you get the idea. It goes on like that for a while. Um, just good stuff. I mean, you know, it's not my favorite kind of thing, but it, it, it is what's, you know, popular. And, and so a year later after that song's recorded, um, you know, it starts being played on the radio. And that's really 1926 is when radio gets really, really big in Germany um, playing jazz. Uh, and by 1930, you have, you know, Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, um, Paul Whiteman, all of their bands, Lionel Hampton, all of their bands, you know, really, really playing um, a lot of stuff on the radio. Um, and, you know, they're getting really, really popular. Um, and all, pretty much all the German listeners are, are um, kind of, you know, preferring actually the American jazz that they're hearing on the radio to um, native, um, you know, German jazz musicians. And that's really the eternal problem with jazz is kind of the... Um, the emphasis on on American musicians, and that's kind of what I'm trying to you know get out of with this show is that they're perfectly talented and capable jazz musicians outside of America. Um, but you know this stereotype really follows throughout you know the entire world, um, and yeah, you know it's just it's just crazy to me that to, to kind of limit um, all of the music that we're going to listen to just to one you know to America and so we're going to take a look at one more group in the 1920s um, I like this group a little bit more they're the uh, Weintraub Syncopators they're the first hot jazz you know Chicago style jazz um, in in Germany um, you know and they're pretty much the Weintraub Syncopators and um, Borchard's you know combo are pretty much the um, two main you know German jazz groups all throughout the 1920s um, you know, they're, they're kind of the Weintraub syncopators are really, you know, interesting because they're kind of got this ragtag, ragtag, like team group, like one of their, you know, one of their guys is like a chemistry student in high school, you know, like they're kind of just taking everyone they can who can play an instrument. Uh, and it turns out actually to be really, really good. And, and what was so interesting to me when I was kind of looking into these guys is that they're not simply a jazz group and, and they kind of fall into the trope of, of, um, entertainment, um, at the same time of trying to do too many things. They're kind of this musical, you know, versatile, like parody of just everything. They're like both simultaneous musicians, but also like, actors and so they 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 had like a lot of versatility in their musical style they could do you know uh latin american um uh, music um uh french cabaret music to like swing and then chicago jazz and they're really the first ones to do chicago jazz um <laughs> they would like get up and move around in the middle of their shows and like switch instruments or like change who's playing the drums and like it was all sorts of stuff and you know sometimes they would be like you know like get on the floor and like lie on the ground and play their instruments. So they were just kind of like a weird uh, group. Um, <laughs> and they were, I don't know, it was just fun. I, I was watching one video of them where they're like using like all of these like utensils as instruments. And it's kind of like, you know, the precursor to stomp, uh, which was which was really fun. And so um, I'm going to play for you guys this one one song um about <laughs> i i was i was doing this work in the um in the dining hall just a couple hours ago i was i was looking into this and, th and there was uh someone who knew german um sitting you know very close to me and i asked him hey can you can you can you tell me what they're saying in this song um and all i got was um my gorilla is happy he doesn't understand politics um i'm a gorilla i want to kiss another gorilla um and that was pretty much all I got. But I, I think the line of like my gorilla, I, I, I'm I'm a happy like it was just like my gorilla knows no politics, and it's like all about like a zoo. It was just really it was really bizarre. And so I'm gonna pass it over to 
um, again, a Crowther who's uh, sitting, sitting here in the booth with me, passing some time to introduce this next song, which is... Mine Gorilla. What is it? <laughs> oh, wait. Mine Gorilla Hot Navilla Inzu. Yep. All right, there it is. Here's the tune, baby. Woo! We have a pronunciation uh, from Nora, whose laptop, again, we are wonderfully using to record the show. Um, this is Nora's pronunciation. Hot. <laughs> Wait. Im. Oh. Zu. Well. <laughs> Gorilla hat Novilla im Zu. So there's the tune. <laughs> uh, Nora speaks German. Um, 
And yeah, so there, there's there's the tune. Um, Aaron texted, shout out Aaron Davidson and Finn for, for listening. Um, and Aaron texted me something actually really interesting that I do want to talk about. And he said, and I quote, let me, let me pull up the text. Let me pull up the text. Not gonna lie, this one isn't very jazzy. Um, and if any of you guys were thinking the same thing, you know, maybe, maybe you might be right. I, I personally see it as jazz, but, um, jazz as a whole, as, as kind of a genre, um, really meant a lot more than it does me now in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, um, than it does, you know, now jazz as a whole was kind of referred to as like a a culture, uh, a way of living, um, it wasn't just the music. It was like the way you dressed. It was the way you acted. You know, you're a jazzy kind of guy. Um, and, you know, with that, um, the music really, really has changed. And so that you got kind of this uh, almost in between of New Orleans style and Chicago style of, of jazz where you have and really the main difference between the two genres and there are more but new orleans you have like collective improvisation um which is you know everyone's soloing together at the same time uh and and in that group you kind of have the makeup of a new orleans big band you hear it in like the tuba you know kind of playing those bass notes um but then you also have um you know individual solos uh and that's kind of more indicative of of the chicago hot style of jazz um which you know very different um but they're both called jazz and Jazz as a whole changes a whole lot um, over time. And yeah. Oh, shout out Ollie also for listening. Ollie was uh, sitting with me at lunch today, uh, watching me prepare, helping me prepare and listen to some of the tunes. So thank you, Ollie. Um, All right. And so, you know, people, again, you know, people saw jazz not just as a music, but it was like a creative pastime, but it was also a symbol of like the liberation of the country, of, of the growing modernization of of Western freedom and democracy. Um, but it was also, you know, really, really tinged with some horrible stuff in Germany. Um, the, you know, although, you know, the democracy at the time, you know, Germany, you could say it was semi-democratic. Um, and, you know, they were starting to get more liberal, but, you know, although they were kind of far more interested in, in black Americans, um, jazz, black jazz musicians, music, they did not support, you know, black jazz musicians coming to Germany. And when they did, they were, you know, not greeted well at all. Um, you know, there's a lot of resentment within the German population at that time towards um, black Americans and especially black jazz musicians, um, both critically and even within the people, although they were happily listening to their music on the radio. It's really, you know, so the the, the racist sentiments at the time were really, really so deep. Um, and, you know, a lot of these come from like the um, kind of radicals on 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 the sides of like anti modern modernity, um, and really that's where you know the rise of the Nazi Party and Hitler comes. And and Hitler's um, kind of his regime was incredibly unfriendly to the arts, incredibly unfriendly to jazz. Um, and although he himself never you know publicly spoke up, up against about jazz it's i think it would be pretty clear to me what what his sentiments would be on it um on the idea of you know especially the fact that um a lot of the jazz musicians at the time um in germany were jewish um so obviously not and and in 1930s um it really started to suffer and and it you know kind of these the authorities linked jazz to um minority ethnic groups and kind of like the the lower you know the um really you know rougher areas um which is not great and and 
And, you know, all of the musicians who were really talented at the time actually ended up fleeing the country in the early 1930s. Um, and the Nazi regime, they passed tons of, of laws and edicts, you know, completely banning jazz records, banning, you know, muted trumpets, saying that it, it was like some degenerate art. Um, the, the exact quote is uh, Antarante uh, Kunst, uh, degenerate music. Uh, and, you know, jazz was, you know, this kind of, you know, you know, it was different. Um, and, and, and people don't like new different things. And that's kind of where, where it comes from. Um, and so there's this really interesting documentary that I, I, I watched a couple clips from, but I, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't able to find the whole, whole thing is, um, it's called Swing Under the Swastika. Uh, and it, and it's this whole documentary that looks at, um, jazz music under the Nazi regime in Germany and specifically, um, about the Madlung sisters, um, who are sent to a concentration camp, you know, just for owning jazz records and, um, there's a couple, you know, interviews with jazz musicians who were saved in camp so they could play jazz for SS officers, like secretly. Uh, and even, you know, horribly, you know, sometimes they would have jazz groups play during executions. Um, it was just so bizarre. But at the same time, you know, there's also this, um, really, really interesting, um, group, um, called, uh, I have the name down in my notes somewhere. Um, they were the... Sorry, I'm scrolling through everything. They were this kind of youth group um, who, like, snuck in, um, you know, uh, kind of officers within their ranks into these camps and, like, smuggled mu sheet music and instruments and, like, would kind of get their way into the higher ranks in order to like get practice time secretly and they they ended up playing a couple of 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 shows you know just for like you know camp morale it was you know really really interesting stuff um it was there called the sorry um oh man i can't find it uh i'll find it during the next song but um yeah interesting stuff um and, you know, jazz is effectively banned except for, you know, a couple people but um, playing, but, you know, there's really no recordings at the time. And so it's not until, you know, 1950s, um, you know, five, six years after the war ends when jazz starts to grow again. And, and, and a large part of the reason jazz starts to grow in Germany again is, is from the efforts of Erwin uh, Len, who is this um, kind of radio DJ, like leader, modern big band, dance orchestra kind of guy. Um, in in um he's kind of he founded the the dance orchestra of the south german radio which was this huge you know german radio band um and he um did something really interesting um he initiated this kind of yearly broadcast the sdr broadcast of treff punked jazz uh and here he would bring in international like jazz greats uh you know miles davis chet baker uh, and he would have them play with his band. So I'm going to play for you one song that he has with Miles Davis um, from 1957. Um, and really, I mean, it's it's nice. I'm, I'm not going to play the, you know, it's like a nine minute three track thing. So I'm just going to play one of the songs. I'll see when it ends. Um, but it's really talent. You know, it's great stuff. And this is kind of the first popular music jazz in, you know, the 1950s. Uh, in Germany. And, you know, jazz is really only the popular music for another, you know, couple of years two three years because you know once the 60s start it's all rock and roll um and so you know it's interesting time we're going to take a look at one other composer who's you know pretty popular right after uh, world war ii and and then we'll get into 
some some more of the modern stuff. So here is um, Miles Davis and Irwin Lenz Big Big Band um, from 1957 from the Treff Punked Jazz broadcast. Here's the tune. So that was uh, the tune Yesterdays, which was uh, created by uh, Kern, uh, Jay Kern and uh, arranged by um, O. Harback. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a melancholic tune. And I think for me, at least what was interesting is um, uh, for me, there are elements of, you know, a little bit of, of some bebop licks in there. But there's also mostly cool jazz and these like kind of advanced rhythmic techniques um, of Miles Davis at, at the same time. Um, and so I, I want to go back quickly to say that uh, the group of uh, swing, it was called the Swing Youth or Swing Ju, Swing uh, Jugend or Swing Youth. Um, and it was a, a movement led by, you know, pretty much people from 15, 14, 20 to 20 years old who um, listened to jazz, um, you know, in defiance of the Nazi regime. Um, and they kind of, you know, just continued to participate and listen to jazz publicly. And, uh, you know, many of them were, um, you know, imprisoned for it. Um, 
Um, but there's some really, you know, interesting art music that I, I, I wanted to find that I wasn't able to have time to find. Um, but, uh, like there was a whole opera about it. Um, Johnny spelt off concertine music for orchestra, like art jazz at the same time. So interesting stuff. Uh, you know, that's pretty much what it, what it was. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's that. Um, and okay, back to 1950s, um, Germany and at the time, you know, bebop is pretty popular in America, but in Germany, um, you know, it's really cool jazz. This, and so, so I guess, you know, jazz, of course, um, splits off, you know, after World War II. Um, up until World War II, there's pretty much been one main popular form of music and it's been swing for the last 20 years. But, um, post World War II, late 40s, 50s, um, you know, it really starts to branch out into two kind of distinct genres, two places. You have um, East Coast musicians, Chicago, New York City playing bebop, Charlie Parker, you know, um, you got The Bird, um, Coltrane, um, you know, all of these, you know, pretty famous musicians playing, you know, kind of this really advanced, I mean, Miles Davis, you know, really advanced rhythm, rhythm rhythmically, harmonically, complex stuff uh, on, on pretty much on the East Coast. And on the West Coast, you have people like um, Jerry Mulligan, Chet Baker um, playing what's called cool jazz, much more rhythmic, uh, much more like sweet, you know, kind of when you think of like Frank Sinatra, it's kind of Frank Sinatra-esque. Um, and that's, that's cool jazz. And so that's the main difference. Uh, and so um, in Germany, you know, popular at the time is cool jazz because uh, of this like emphasis on these like soothing brass melodies or it's it was much calm much more more calm much less explosive um and so i want to play uh, a song by uh judah hip who is this um jazz pianist and composer who um listened to jazz all throughout uh you know world war ii secretly uh and after world war ii she um, became a refugee um, and answered a call one time for to join a band and kind of everything followed since. And um, she started performing in 1954. All throughout that year, she's recording, she's playing. Uh, and so we're going to listen to uh, a song from Cool Europe. We're going to listen to the first song on her on her quick little album. It's like a, more like an EP. There's only three songs on it. Um, it's called Simone by uh, Judah Hip, by Judah Hip uh, and her quintet. And this is um, taken from the greater album uh, cool Europe. So here is the tune, and this is, she's kind of the most um, kind of imaginative um, composer all throughout the 50s, because she's composing this these music herself, um, and um, she's performing it, she plays the piano, she, um, and yeah, that's the tune. Um, so this is Simone, here it is.
I realize now that um, that is a song by Judah Hip, but that uh, that song was way later. Uh, and I was listening to some of her other stuff, which was much calmer. Um, and yeah, that song is definitely a lot more high tempo than a lot of the other stuff that she's been playing. Um, and that's my apologies. I kind of talked a little bit about cool jazz and that wasn't really the most uh, indicative about of cool jazz. Um, but it's still a fun tune. Um, and yeah, totally my bad on that. Um, and I also want to take a take a sec to say what, what's also happening in the 50s. Another really interesting guy that I, I, I really like the music, um, this clarinetist, uh, Rolf Kuhn. Um, he moves to America. He's, you know, German clarinetist. He was playing in some Dixieland groups at the time. Uh, he moves to America and he... Um, is lucky enough to, to actually book the Newport Jazz Festival in, in 1957. Uh, and as the first German musician, he's um, playing and soloing with the Benny Goodman Orchestra, with Tommy Dorsey, um, and he kind of does really well in, in America. And then just a couple, just a couple um, of you know years later, he returns to West Germany and he puts out some really interesting hard bop stuff. Um, you know, in the late fifties, all throughout the sixties. But I want to skip ahead in his chronologically uh, in his discography. Um, you know, he starts now, but I want to skip skip to his uh, his really interesting album in uh, nineteen seventy five called Total Space. Um, we're gonna go back to you know the sixties. Um, but I was talking about this guy, and I just you know. This stuff was just so crazy. I, I wanted to play it. And so uh, this is uh, the first song from his album, Total Space, which was released in 1975. It's called Uncle Archibald. Um, and super fusion-y, super fun. And yeah, here's the tune. I'm just going to play it for you now.
yeah, I mean, that tune goes on like that for another, you know, six or so minutes. Uh, but I mean, it's just fun stuff. It's really funky. It's really fun. Um, you know, it's nothing super crazy revolutionary, but it's just, you know, good, really good, talented musicians playing some fun fusion, um, which is which is a lot of fun. And so now I'm going to go back and I'm going to go um, to... Um, Another really, really, uh, you know, interesting musician, um, Claus, Claus Doldinger. Um, and I know I'm probably butchering these pronunciations, but he was originally born, um, you know, born in Berlin, studied piano and clarinet, uh, at the, um, Dusseldorf Conservatory, uh, graduating in 1957. Um, and he plays with the Dixieland group called the Feet Warmers. He, um, founds this kind of trio modeling after Oscar Peterson's work uh, and he's um, you know all throughout kind of the 1960s um, he's playing with um, jazz musicians um, American American jazz musicians who are visiting Germany and he's kind of this like go-to um, kind of guy who they can get to read the charts play him well um, but his reoccurring project which is awesome it's so fun uh, called Passport um, finally comes out and he finally gets this group together in 1971 and he puts this track out called um, She Iroko um, in 1973 and it's this is a like live recording um, of the song and I really encourage you. It's completely live, you know, mixed live. Um, and the video for this is crazy. There's a crazy drum solo throughout it where the drummers, you know, it sounds like they're one drummer, but there's two drummers at this all along. There's like four guitarists, two, um, two saxophonists. They're so good. And, but I mean, this song is just so tight. It's really fun. Um, and they're kind of, again, the, the question of comparison to American groups comes up again and again. This group is, you know, compared to the weather report a lot, which is, um, you know, very, very, you know, hugely influential, popular, popular fusion group. Um, Joe, Joe Zawinul, um, Joe McLaughlin is not in it. Uh, it's Joe Zawinul. Oh my God. Jacob Pistorius. And wow. I can't believe I'm forgetting the pressure of being live on air. Um, who is the, this is going to haunt me now. It's not, geez. I looked up weather report and it tells me that it's 51 degrees here in Gambier, Ohio. Uh, no, that's not what I need. Joe Zawinul, Wayne Shorter. That's the name I was looking for. Uh, saxophonist Wayne Shorter. So he's compared a lot to Wayne Shorter. Um, take that as you will. I think the band's just super good. Uh, here's their tune, Shiroko, um, from Passport, and it came out 1973.
So we uh, we uh, that was uh, Claus uh, Dolnagner's passport, uh, which came out in 1973. Really interesting uh, fusion um, group. They have a lot of fun stuff. And I had to uh, call in a favor. I have a band practice at 4:15, and you know the radio show ends at you know four. I pretty much go over it, so I kind of had to call in a favor. And so we are joined now in the studio with. Can you guys introduce yourself? No, with Benjamin, really. Thomas, and Mick. Not really. Not, not really. And so uh, you guys so gracefully and so nicely brought me my trumpet um, to WKCO here in Gambier, Ohio, which I'm incredibly thankful for. And so uh, in repayment, um, I, I've agreed to allow you guys to play one song. Uh, can you guys tell me a little bit about the song what, that we're about to play? I don't know anything about it. You don't know anything about it? I know everything about it, but I'm not telling you. You're not going to tell me? What, what, what? Can you tell me something? What's the name of the song? Everything You Know Is Wrong. You got to say it into the mic, man. Everything You Know Is Wrong. <laughs> everything You Know Is Wrong. And so uh, this is going to be a little bit of a break into the uh, German jazz. We're going to play a song by Weird Al called Everything You Know Is Wrong. Um, anything you guys want to say about the song before we play it? Not really. No. No? What's your favorite song? What's your favorite song, Benjamin? My favorite song is Danger Danger from the My Little Pony soundtrack. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Okay, so here, uh, disturbing the, the, the German jazz is Everything You Know Is Wrong by Weird Al Yankovic. Please enjoy.
right. So uh, that was Everything You Know Is Wrong by Weird Al Yankovic from his album Bad Hair Day. Uh, again, not German jazz, but I appreciated the uh, saxophone in it and the uh, accordion solo. Uh, any thoughts, Benjamin? Uh, hello? <laughs> now, we might play another Benjamin, song soon. <laughs> because... There's another song we're going to play called Danger, Danger. What? <laughs> right now. What? I, I don't have that song prepared. That's not true. Yeah, I know. I, I don't have that song Unfortunately, prepared. Unfortunately, WKCO does not own Danger, Danger from the My Little Pony soundtrack, but we can have it prepared for next week. Yeah. Okay, then we're going to be here Sing soon because after <laughs> this, we're going to eat our snacks. What did you say? Snacks. Yeah, Snacks. yeah. All right. So I'm going <laughs> to... Oh, and my favorite animal is a tiger. Your favorite animal is a tiger? All right. Well, wait till you guys hear this next song. This is from... Uh, this next song, we're going to gonna go back to East Germany. Um, and uh, we're going to hear from Synopsis. Um, they're this really interesting um, free jazz group. They uh, play some kind of crazy avant-garde stuff. Um and, you know, he, the divide uh, between East and West Germany is actually really interesting. Um, there's a lot more kind of, you know, experimental, avant-garde, free stuff coming out of East Germany. Uh, and then a lot more fusion coming from West Germany. And, and it makes sense when you consider the American influence. Um, but I'm going to play, play the tune for you synopsis. I'm not going to play the first, I'm not going to play the whole song. But I'm just going to play a little bit so you get the idea of kind of what is coming out of uh, East Germany. And, uh, yeah, any, any closing words, guys? Okay, I'll take that. Benjamin, Sam, I'm a Barbie girl. I'll pay you five dollars. Benjamin is thinking. I'm just gonna narrate what's going on. He's he's thinking. He's Benjamin's, slinking down in Benjamin's his chair. Looking devious. Yeah. Oh. All right. I'm just gonna. You know, we'll talk about it while we're playing this song. This is synopsis. Uh, Synopsis's first album. Uh, the name of the song that you're gonna hear, not the whole thing, but the name of the song is called Quartet Discurs. Here's the tune. So, I mean, you get the idea. It's, you know, kind of stuff. You know, There's a lot of noise, a lot of experimental things. Uh, I, I kind of want to breeze through it just because we have a couple more songs left to play. Um, the This next tune uh, is from uh, Kurt Kress. 
the name of the song is called uh, The Indian Call. And this song is really interesting. It's from his um, uh, album Avanti, which was released in 1983. And it's this really interesting, like, space age, jazz rock, synth pop type thing. The bass line in this song goes pretty crazy. I'm going to try and just kind of run through the next couple of songs. Um, and Kurt Kress is uh, an interesting guy. He's a um, music professor in Germany, but he, he's cooperated a lot with uh, international artists. Um, he's played with, you know, Tina Turner to Meatloaf uh, to Passport, which was one of the bands we heard earlier. Uh, and... Um, He's pretty much only being accompanied by slap bass, and the slap bass in this song is just so crazy that I, I could not include it. So here is the Indian call from Kurt Kress's album, Avanti. All right, uh, I'm I, I'm running out of time here. I don't want to play the whole song, but the whole songs are going to be on the uh, YouTube uh, link playlist, which is accompanying the recording. Again, each episode is recorded. All right, I'm going to go through these. I'm going to go play a little bit of these last two songs. Uh, East West Germany, um, really interesting stuff. We have um, Peter Herbeholzenheimer. He's a, a pretty prominent trumpeter, He's a composer, arranger, band leader. Um, he uh, led uh, the studio band for... Um, pretty popular German TV show, Bios Manoff. He also had a Germany's Youth Jazz Orchestra. Uh, and this is probably one of his most well-known pieces. This is from um, his 1975 album, The Catfish, is called Korean Chick. And this is uh, one of his own arrangements. And it's it's really, it's a great tune. I'm not going to be able to play the whole thing because I'm running out of time, but uh, here's a listen of a little bit of it. And we also have one last quick word from Benjamin. What are you going to say? 
He has way more songs to play. Well, just a song and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Anything else you guys want to say before we play this next tune? Not really. All right. Well, here's Korean Chick by Peter Herben Holzenheimer uh, from his 1975 album, The Catfish. Here's the tune. There it is. All right. So there's the tune. And I'm going to play half of the next song. I'm going to just skip around through it. I skipped around through that song a little bit. You you hear kind of the shout chorus a little bit. Um, this is from Ju Krause's basic jazz launches, San Fran Safari Club, from his uh, jazz funk album, 2006. This is more modern. This is really fun stuff. I'm. It's a five-minute song. I'm probably only going to play a minute and a half of it. I'll skip around. Thank you so much all for listening. I'll greet you all on the other side. But again, thank you all. You are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people if you've stuck around. Again, the episode is recorded. It'll be up on Spotify. Oh, my God. This is WKCO 91.9. The time is 4.09, and we are broadcasting live from Gambier, Ohio. This is Joe Krause's Basic Jazz Lounge San, Safari, San Fran Safari Club. Here's half the tune.
All right, there it is. Thank you all so much for listening to uh, Jazz of the World, a German episode with some weird owl in between. Appreciate you all for tuning in. Um, episode will be posted within the next couple of days with all the music attached. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. And, oh, man, I always forget to do this. Overnight bump. Boom. Peace out, y'all. Bye-bye.